Welcome to the Becoming Titans podcast. I'm Russ Yeager, founder and CEO of Body Transformation University. I help busy business owners and executives get a beach-ready body without killing themselves in the gym hours every day, giving up the foods they love, or taking away time from their family or business. I believe putting your health first is the most important thing you can do to propel your business and financial success, ignite passion in your relationships, and to live a happier, more fulfilled life. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing inspirational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of Becoming Titans podcast. Today we have a Titan, Jake Daughtery of Deary Dari. Um, and he's going to tell us about the name of this company because I had a little giggle um, of why they picked it. I thought it was pretty brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tongue twister, isn't it, Rosemary? Yeah, it is. That's part of the reason we chose the name, Deary Dari. Deary Dari has a lot of history. It's actually a very, very old word. It goes back to the Italians, these old people, they would travel these old trade routes, these these old traders, that's the best I can come up with, and they would come to these markets. And one of the terms that they would use when they go to try and sell something or to buy something is, I have Deary Dari. And Deary Dari was cash. It was a cash payment. But eventually in the 16th century, 1500s, you have the, these horrible wars fought in, the, in Europe based on religion. And there was no more cash. And so Deary Dari began to mean not just cash, but a trade of services as a way of saying, hey, listen, maybe I can give you something and I can get something in return. And so we thought it was a perfect name for our platform. Plus, it helped that the three founders plus two of our staff all at one time or another lived in a small village here in Germany called Garmisch-Partenkirchen. And we all lived in the same housing complex working for the same American military hotel. And guess what the name of the bar was? around the corner from where we lived. Deary Dari. <laughs> so we started thinking of a name for our platform that encapsulated what we were trying to do, but also gave a personal touch. Deary Dari just seemed appropriate. And then immediately, Rosemary, when I started doing interviews, every single person that I inter was interviewing with had a hard time saying Deary Dari. And they ended up saying it two, three, four times. And I just let them because you know what? It's free marketing right there. That misspelling, that deary, dairy, dairy, dairy. How do you say it? Deary, dairy. It's very <laughs> simple. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> Feel free to try again because it sticks in your head. Everybody's yes. going to remember deary, dairy, and then they're going to go and they'll do the Google search and they'll go dairy, dairy, you know, food platform. And there we are. Yeah. It's kind of like an earworm, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to what the business is about, what were you doing before COVID and how did you transform? Because what we're talking about, if I'm correct, is what you transformed and pivoted to during COVID, which is brilliant. Ah, very true. So originally I'm from Lafayette, Louisiana, but I went to college in Atlanta where I studied uh, European history. And then I came back to Lafayette and I just wasn't very happy and I couldn't get a job. Uh, basically, I was working, I was getting job offers for Taco Bell management, which didn't really suit what I wanted to be doing. And so I went and spoke to my mother, my father, and my stepmother, and I let them know that I was seriously considering moving to Europe. And I had no real plan. And um, surprisingly, they embraced the idea. 
And so with their well wishes, I hopped on a plane 22 years ago and I've lived in Europe ever since. What made you want to live in Europe? My teenage son talks about moving over to Europe all <laughs> the time. I'm like, just make sure you got space for me to come visit. <laughs> there you go. Definitely. Make sure you can find an apartment with an extra bedroom. Well, the reason I wanted to live in Europe was I'm very tactile and I loved European history and I wanted to be able to touch it. I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to feel it. And so I felt I needed to come over and just at least spend some time here just to kind of get a feel for what I had studied for so long. And that feeling ended up becoming a lifestyle. I just wanted to stay here. So I lived in Austria. I lived in Italy. I lived in Switzerland. I lived in Holland. But eventually I settled in this small village of Garmisch Partenkirchen, Germany, where what I've been name. <laughs> Yeah, 18 <laughs> years. Garmisch Partenkirchen. It's <laughs> sick to say it correct in English. But uh, yeah, I've been here off and on for about 18 years and uh, about 11 years, well, 12 years ago now, I uh, met my wife. And when I met her, I realized I was going to have to find some way to keep her around. And at the time I was doing just kind of odd and in jobs, racing mountain bikes and skiing every day in the winter and snowboarding and fly fishing and living the life, the bachelor's dream, um, checking out, you know, castles and churches from the 14th wow. century. So it was a lot of fun, but I wanted to, I wanted to settle down and I knew I wanted to do it with her. And one of the jobs that I had had in my travels was as a tour guide. And in fact, for a short period of time had owned a small tour guide agency. And so I thought I can do that. So I went and registered a business, registered a business called All Things Garmish Tours. And I was very fortunate and very blessed because within three months of operation, I had a client who gave me a review on TripAdvisor. And this is right when TripAdvisor had really kind of got started. Oh, wow. And yeah. I was the first English-speaking tour guide reviewed on TripAdvisor for Bavaria, for Southern Germany. Wow. And boom, just like that, I took off. And so for 11 years, we were very fortunate and very blessed. At any given time, I was having a staff from two tour guides all the way up to eight tour guides during the Oktoberfest. And it was a lot of fun. And then uh, last year in February, my wife and I, we went to South Africa to visit some friends and do some vineyards and travel oh, a little bit. It's wonderful oh. there. Oh, my oh, gosh. And uh, we came back. And when we got back, I think, Rosemary, it was about two weeks later, I had lost over 120,000 euros in confirmed bookings and had given back over 16,000 in deposits. Oh, ouch. Were you just, crying? Just I'd be cool. crying. First thing I did is I went to my staff, talked to them and just tried to feel them out. I was like, what do you think we, I mean, what, what, what's the future here? You know, because I leaned on them as much as they leaned on me. And we all came to the conclusion that there, it was an unknown future. And so we all realized that it was over for the time being. So we, there was a lot of tears and uh, we mothballed the entire business just like that. I mothballed it, Oof. put everything into the ground, sold what I could let go of my entire staff. And then spent a good week and a half on the couch wearing dirty underwear, uh, drinking uh, box red wine, watching old reruns of Friends. Real life. <laughs> oh, it was great. Reality, right? I actually had some hair growing up. Here. <laughs> Not too many. But uh, yeah. And then my wife, she took me outside and my two daughters as well. They took me outside. They hosed me down. And my wife, <laughs> go see your friends. Gave you go some clean friends. underwear. 
Maybe some clean underwear. She told me, shave those two you know, strands of hair that were growing and go see your friends. And I did. So I went to go visit with some friends and one of them owned a restaurant in Garmish Park in Kirkin. And he was lamenting about how he's letting go of his chefs and letting go of his staff. Oh. And right then and there, I started kind of coming up with this idea. I knew from the moment that I mothballed my tour guide agency that I was going to have to be able to put food on the table for my, my three girls, for my wife and my two daughters and well, four, let's not forget the dog. <sighs> so I knew I had to do something. And I watched as all the bigger companies I was working for, such as Airbnb, Tours by Local, uh, Viatar, uh, they, a lot of them were trying to pivot into virtual tourism. And I thought, well, that's a great idea, but I don't think it's going to work. And when my friend Philip said that he was letting go of his chefs, I thought, well, wait a minute. Why don't we do virtual tours, but with chefs? Let's have a chef create a virtual kitchen and bring friends and family into that virtual kitchen and cook a meal together. And I thought, wow, this could be fun. And right then and there, I came up with the idea and then I pitched it to a dear friend of mine, Anthony Bandolin, who is a full stack programmer who worked for booking.com. And he's like, I think it's a great idea and I'm ready to quit my job and join. Oh, Wow. Yeah. And then I pitched it to another good friend of mine, Jonathan Graver, who is a head chef overseeing six restaurants here in the Alps. And guess what? We're all three expats, all three Americans who all three worked for that hotel in Garmisch Park and Kirkin. Oh my gosh. Full circle. I'm telling you. And I pitched the idea to him and I said, Hey, Jonathan, what do you think of this? And he was like, Oh man, this is great. And he too was like, can I be a part of it? I was like, done. And there you are. There's the three founders of dairydari.com. And we have been blowing and going, getting this platform up and running. We got it up and running in under six months. We did our beta last December in Philadelphia, and we are now live in the United States. All of it. I'm impressed what you've created so far far in such a short period of time. That's impressive. You have 22, 26 chefs or something on board? Exactly. Right now, 24 chefs with about 100 or different, 120, 110, between 110 and 120 recipes, 110 and 120 recipes listed on the platform. I think it's great because it's fantastic timing for those chefs who would not have another outlet. Um, and it probably at any other time without COVID would have been more difficult to get those chefs onto your platform. So it's just a perfect little storm going on. Oh, it's worked out. We have been very blessed. Once again, I've been very, very lucky. Knock on wood in the timing and then and getting a great team together. Um, I've been very blessed in who I brought on board. They've been just amazing. And all of us rowing that boat together in the same direction and seeing the vision together of where we want to bring this platform. It's just been amazing. So, yeah. You're building out your social social media nicely and everything. Uh, where did you find all of the talent? Is all this all of you guys? I mean, it's really clean and nice looking and impressive. Thank you. Well, it was interesting when I brought on Anthony. His uh, cousin uh, was a marketing <clears throat> maven, literally working for Expedia, who had just opened her own marketing agency in Dubai. So we brought her on as a consultant and she kind of gave us the platform as uh, gave us the idea of where we should be looking, where we should be spending our advertising dollar. Nice. And then we brought on an amazing woman uh, by the name of Kayla Montiego, uh, who runs a company out of in uh, just outside of Toronto, Toronto called Soul and Flair. 
And uh, she has just taken our social media to the next level. And then when we started looking for logistics, because we really wanted to be able to deliver ingredients. So if you're going to have this live interactive cooking experience with a chef in this virtual kitchen with your friends from around the world, that's great. But wouldn't it be wonderful to have the ingredients delivered to your door? Amazing. Yes, because a lot of people don't have all that stuff, which is why they're taking the classes. It's usually something they've wanted to make but never have. Exactly. Or they don't know exactly how to choose the perfect artichoke or how to choose the perfect uh, cucumber even. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. But basically how to get the perfect ingredients. And so what we did is we we went to that perfect pool of people that worked in Garmisch Barton Kirchen that we have known throughout the years. And I reached down into that pool and I pulled out an amazing person by the name of Laura Stutchley. And Laura has taken over logistics and has done a heck of a great job of not only giving us a huge range. I mean, we can pretty much, pretty much deliver ingredients to the entire United States. Oh, wow. No, isn't that crazy? That's pretty impressive. In a short period of time. Now we piggyback on other companies, but what she's done is not only is she able to piggyback on some of the larger companies who shall not be named, but she's gone back to where our marketing has shown us is our true customer. Mm-hmm. Gone back to those regions. And she's found the mom and pop stores. Oh, yes. I love it. You guys are supporting local businesses in the process. We have to. Yes. It's what it's all about. And so we try every chance we get to source from those mom and pop stores. We want you to know the person knocking on your door with the groceries. We want you to know that that's your neighbor's son that's bringing that avocado to your door. So that's what we want. And we want you to know that you have accountability at every step. That is pretty darn amazing. So how have you guys financed all of this? This is a lot of people working on well, <laughs> this. Well, two, twofold. One, um, all things Garmish provided me with a very comfortable cushion, which I then put straight into Dairy Dari. And then I went to a dear friend of mine who's also an investor by the name of Jeff Cook. And I was like, hey, Jeff, man, I've got this great idea. You want to come out there for a friends and family loan and you know give us the nudge that we need. And he did. And so we've been very blessed in that respect. So that gave us our initial nest egg to get the platform to where it is today. And now we've got some organic growth. We've got some funds coming in, which is nice. But uh, yeah, we're considering for our future growth to go to an angel investor. So we're looking at that option as we speak. So how does this work for um, how chefs get paid and how do you find them um, and how do you qualify them? Well, it's interesting, Rosemary. We have two chefs who work for us. One is, of course, my founder and friend, Jonathan Graver. And then we have Joshua Northcutt, who is a head chef in his own right, who lives in Philadelphia. And those two guys, basically, they vet every single chef that comes on the platform. They have to go through a a very rigorous process and then also interviews, et cetera, et cetera, because we don't want just a great chef. We want a good entertainer. You know, somebody who can come on a screen and basically give you a good show and work with you at the speed that you can work. And a good teacher, an entertainer, a teacher, everything, right? I'm balanced to find all of that. And so where do we look? Well, we look using social media. We put ads here and there on social media from time to time. But finding the chefs is quite easy. Um, As I told Jonathan when I brought him on the platform, because he had some trepidation as to us being able to find qualified chefs. And I I quoted, of course, one of the most famous movies ever, Field of Dreams. I said, if we build it, they will come. 
because I remember watching a Netflix show a while back and one of the chefs, it was uh, chef's table, I believe is what the chef's, the TV show is called. And one of the chefs, and I can't remember the chef's name, but he's quite famous. He's the guy who kind of pioneered this movement of farm to table. And he's got this one restaurant, which is uh, rock something. It's like a farm, um, very famous chef. And they were talking to him about his regrets. And he's like, my biggest regret is not being there with my kids at night, not being able to tuck them in at night and say goodnight to them. Yeah. Chef's life is tough, man. It's hard. Yeah. You don't get, you don't get that time to play baseball with your kids before they, when they finish their homework. Mm -hmm. And the other big one is they never get to have a holiday at home. Never. So, you know, I told Jonathan, if we can create something where chefs are given an opportunity to make money in their own kitchen at home on their own time schedule that they can use to supplement their other job or to make it their, this make Deary Dari their full-time job. They will come. They will come. And they have been. They've been coming in droves. Now, how do we pay the chefs? Well, Rosemary, it's quite simple. We, The platform is organic in the sense that when we onboard a chef, once they pass the, 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 the onboarding process with Joshua and with Johnny, their content is theirs. We give them this beautiful back end of our platform where they go in and they add their photos, their recipes, their meal plans, their kitchen skills, whatever they want to put up as, like I would say, a tour, we would say an experience. And they add videos. They add their own content. Nice. Let them price it themselves. They're like, hey, what do you think your time is worth when cooking a deconstructed chicken pot pie? Mm -hmm. What is it going to cost you to have those ingredients ready for this show? What is it going to, you know, what is your skill valued at? Now we give them some guidance. We're like, you know, this is what we would suggest, but in Mm -hmm. the end, it's yours. This is your, your desire to make money. This is your desire to get your brand out there. And we help them. Uh, Daisy Kalazur, who is our marketing genius in Dubai, and Kayla, they work with our chefs every day trying to help them not only develop their brand on Deary Dari, but develop their brand, period. Wow, that's very generous and nice. I love that. So important for them. Definitely. And then every time a chef gets a booking, um, let's say, Rosemary, you're our chef and you're doing that deconstructed chicken pot pie and you think for one household, you should charge around $40. So you've got three households that are booked this. They're coming together with you in a virtual kitchen. You've got grandmother who lives in, lives in Texas. You've got uh, daughter-in-law and son who lives in California. And then you've got maybe, let's say, aunt and uncle who live in Louisiana and they're all coming together in this virtual kitchen. What happens is when the payment is made, a week after the course, once everybody's satisfied, and everybody's happy, we take a 25% platform fee and the rest of it, we pay to the chef. There you go. That's nice. How chef paid. Nice. I love how you bring all families together, no matter where they're at. It's um, we've done, my family did one. I bought one for Christmas, a, a in-house chef. And um, it was so much fun. I have to say, if anybody's listening and you're wondering, is this really going to be fun? because we're not there in person. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun. And one of the great things about Deary Dari is the, the uh, video conferencing. We don't use pl- bigger platforms. Let's just say the, the big one, of course, which is Zoom. We don't use that. We have our own. Wow. It's embedded, yeah, it's embedded in our platform. With When you make a booking, 
So you're going to go to Dairy Dar. You let's let's say let's stay with our same same example. Let's say the deconstructed chicken pot pie, which is actually something that Chef Joshua Northcutt has listed on the platform. You make that booking, you make the payment, you give us your zip code, you then decide if you want any, some, or none of the ingredients delivered. Then what happens is you're going to have your own password protected page on Dairy Dari with all the prep videos, all the prep, the recipe, the ingredients, everything you might need before that course. Plus right there in the middle is that chat feature. So you can talk to the chef at any given time. That's right there on your password protected page. And then on the day of your course, right there on that page in the middle of it, boom, guess what? There is the video link right there for you. And there's your friends and family around the world. And there's your chef, there's your virtual kitchen. And you can, of course, make it the entire screen. You can put it on one monitor. You can put it on your phone. You can put it anywhere you need because we want you to have the ability to basically feel comfortable cooking with this you know, technology there as well. All right. So I have a question. So you have the families together and let's say this is grandma and she's getting kind of older and it's COVID and nobody's able to see her for a year and it's a good possibility she might die before they get to go see her. Do they get the recordings of this time together as a family? And if not, just saying, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> that's some yeah. memories. It's exactly. priceless. Two things we do is on the platform itself. We are, it's one of these things that we're fixing right now. Rosemary is the ability so that you can have access to those videos for up to seven days. And then any given time, you can take that recording, of course, download it for your on your laptop or your computer. So yes, we are working on that. That isn't something that's currently available, simply being because it's it's taking a little bit of technology to get that done. But we are close to having that. And it's funny that you brought that up because I just got done with a team meeting with the entire group a couple of minutes ago, and that was something that was brought up. So yeah, we're almost there. <laughs> yeah, I I would treasure that forever to have that video. So like when I did it with my kids, they're teenagers and they know everything. So finally, I just kind of sat on the side and let them have the whole thing to themselves because, <laughs> you know, what do I know? <laughs> and they were so into it. I'm like, good on you. Just go ahead. Learn what you need to learn so you can treat your spouses really good in the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you bring that up, Rosemary, because this summer we're doing a kids' cook camp for kids ages eight all the way up to 18. Or even nice. 19, and one of the things we're doing for the older teenagers is we're giving them those life hacks that they're going to need when they move out of the house, when they leave the nest. Little things like how to take a grilled cheese and put it on an iron and actually cook it. <laughs> <laughs> well, did I see that you guys have college cooking classes? Because that would be one of those tips you would use as a college student. Of course, they wouldn't that's have right. iron. So <laughs> exactly. No, that's all <laughs> they, part they of They don't it. iron their clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Not this generation. <laughs> no, that's all part of it is in our kids' kids camp is for our older kids is we want to teach them the skills that they're going to need when they leave home and when they go to college. And so we're doing um, oats for the brain, that kind of stuff, so that we can do uh, uh, test prep, that kind of stuff, so they can be ready the next day, have the energy they need to walk into that classroom. I love that. Good, and healthy tips. Oh, exactly. And then things, little things like how to prep food. I mean, how many kids can go into the cafeteria and just take as much as they can put into a Tupperware, but let's make sure it's safe. Let's keep right. it in the right Tupperware container. Let's make sure that you know how to take what you've taken and then make it into a nice, healthy meal that evening. So, yeah, I love we, that. Mm -hmm. So see mom, dad, you don't have to teach the kids. I know it can be really stressful. 
you let Dairy Dari take it. it off your fingers and hands and let them, their chefs do it for you. That's our plan. <laughs> I'm all about outsourcing that stressful stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on Becoming Titans podcast. One, one more question real quick um, is how have you managed building all of this during COVID and having family at home? Wow. It's been a challenge. One of the things is, as you've noted, is I don't live in the United States. I still live in Germany. I still live here in Garmisch Park and Kirchen. And so in the United States during the workday, that's usually getting in our later afternoons and evenings. So a lot of the work I do is after I put the kids to bed. So I'll put the kids to bed and that's when we have our team meetings. We all kind of come together in the afternoon in the United States and in the evening here in Europe. And then basically podcasts and everything else. I always do the scheduling right now, 930 at night for me. Wow. So that when the kids are in bed, I can get all this done. Now it does mean a lot of late nights. So a lot of times I don't get to bed till one o'clock, sometimes even two o'clock in the morning because we'll have an evening show or an afternoon show Eastern time, which here in European time is quite late. But at the same time, that gives me the opportunity to wake up, you know, drink a huge pot of coffee. And then start playing <laughs> <with the room. laughs> well, you've got some amazing stamina. There's no way I could do podcasts at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and, and just so you know, before we got on, he was saying how he was banished from his office because you made the mistake, but really a great mistake of introducing your girls to the Rolling Stones, was it? No, Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses. Yes, sorry. Guns N' Roses. So they're having a dance party in his office. They're downstairs having a dance party right now. And so I'm in the <laughs> I love it. I love it. So where can people get in contact with you? Chefs oh, and families that want to sign up. All you have to do is go to our platform, www.deridari.com. Dot com. And there you'll find all your information that you need at the bottom of the landing page, all your information for your chef, if you want to sign up. And if you want to have a wonderful experience with friends, experience with friends and family, all you got to do is look no further than the landing page to see what we uh, got listed right there to all of our experiences listed on the experience page. Also, you'll find the sign up for our kids cook camp there that's coming up this June, July and August. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Rosemary. It's been a pleasure. Rush Yeager here. Thanks so much for listening to the Becoming Titans podcast. If you're a successful business owner, entrepreneur, or executive, consider your company as having a true purpose and would like to be a guest on this program, please visit rushyeager.com forward slash apply. And hey, you got value out of the interview today, I'd be so grateful if you simply would share it on your favorite social media platform. And if you know someone who would be a great guest for the show, tag them on social media to let them know about it and include hashtag Becoming Titans. I love seeing you guys' posts and guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content, so to make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and really mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more about what I do, go to rushyager.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram, all under my name. Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome day, and we'll see you next time.